<laughs> totally missed that cue. <laughs> I hope the rest of the sermon goes better than that. So, amen. Good morning, Thrive. Amen. Well, I am worn out at first service. So, uh, yeah, I had all my fun. <laughs> so, man, God is so, so good. A couple things I want to uh, get into Thrive Leadership School. If you um, are feeling a calling to increase the leadership, the biblical leadership ability in your life, to dive into God's word just to, to know what it says about who you are in him, then this is the school for you. Thrive Leadership School, it's the material the same as Highlands College that their students are going through that we get at a reduced cost in order to train you up. So, uh, and I've been there. Was this there a few days ago? Um, Highlands College, it is magnificent. You can look it up online. And uh, for those of you who have young children, what we want to do is not only could you see that they're they're getting trained and taught in worship and experiencing the Holy Spirit here. They, they go back in kids and they're, they're taught. We want to take them from where they're at now all the way to college and walk them into college. And then when they walk out, 100% debt free. Amen. So this is what the, the commitment that Pastor Nathan, that, that the Holy Spirit has given to him that he wants to make with you. That if you are always, if you're saving right now for college, we'll keep saving. That'll be spending money for them because they'll be able to go and graduate free, debt free, and free indeed. Okay? Amen. So uh, keep that in mind. Highlands College Thrive Leadership School. Um, you can enroll next Sunday. We'll have an information meeting net follow, immediately following the service. So think about it, pray about it. If you miss this, and you can catch in later, but it goes through semesters. Um, it'll it'll bless, bless your life, and we'll all be going through it together. I'm so excited about it, and pastor's excited. Well, we have degree, but we, we want to go through it anyway, right? So it's going to be, be good stuff. Also next Sunday begins our 21 days of prayer. 21 days where the church is this focus on letting the Holy Spirit speak to us, teach us, and guide us. First of all, Lord, what should we pray? Right? And when he presses it on our heart and you just go to battle, you just go to the throne, you go to the kingdom for 21 days straight, all of us praying together, it'll change your life. It'll change your future. It'll change you know, your, your family's life, your loved one's life, someone that you know that's lost can change their life. So 21 days of prayer. We'll start that next Sunday. You'll be getting texts about it, emails about it. And I know it'll go ding, ding, ding. Just, just open it, PDF, download it, and devotional and music even to listen to each day. Times that we can come up here and, and just just have the music going in here, you know, lights down and just, just, just pray. So uh, next week, good stuff coming. Pastor will be back. And he'll bring a powerful, powerful world. I mean, just think about it. He's been to California for eight days. And now he's up in uh, Alabama, Birmingham, at the Motion Conference with the youth, where six of the youth have given their life to Christ and been saved. Woo! 
yeah. And he's up there getting just 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 getting filled up, watching the Holy Spirit work. And you know, when he comes next Sunday, he's just gonna he's just gonna unload on you, right? So just be ready uh, for a two-hour service. I mean, no, uh, for a powerful word of God, you know, to come forth and keep them in their prayers. They they're traveling. Yeah, maybe about right now. They went to service this morning uh, with at uh, uh, Church of the Highlands, and after they were done with service, they was going to eat and start driving back that fun nine-hour drive. And I just got back uh, from that myself. Uh, a bunch of leadership here from the church went up there and and to a grow conference to help us become better um, leaders and just to take us up to that next level. And and we just had a had a great time. I mean, <laughs> except for, if he's not here, I keep pointing here, uh, Pastor Pete sat right down here um, and his wife. And we, we went up there and, and the guys were on one side of this B&B, you know, own apartment and then the other. And so we walk in, it has two bedrooms, one with a king size bed and two with two queen size. And so, of course, I get the bigger bed because, you know. And so Christian and, and Pete had to share a room. So the next morning, you know, they walk out and, and Pete's just eyes are sagging, bloodshot. And he's like, oh, and I'm like, what's wrong? Did you not sleep well? You know, how was your night? And he goes, it was terrible. He said, as soon as Christian's head hit the pillow, he started snoring. And he said he snored all night long. And I go, what did you do? He goes, well, I went over and I shook him. He just wouldn't wake up and kept snoring. I would move his covers and scream and did nothing work. He wouldn't wake up. And so he go, I go, so what did you do? He goes, I just sat there all night long and watched him snore. I was like, oh, man. I said, well, we'll pray. And he goes, I, I got a plan for tonight. I said, okay. And so the next night came and <clears throat> they went in and, and, of course, Christian walks over and starts to lay down and, and uh, Pete walks over and goes, hold on. And tucks him in all nice and, and tight, you know, and everything. And, you know, Christian's looking at him weird and he's been down and gives him a kiss on the forehead. <laughs> and he goes over and gives him bed and, you know, sleeps. Right? Well, the next morning walks out and, and uh, Christian's, you know, just face is sagging, eyes bloodshot. I'm like, what's wrong? And he said, well, you won't believe what happened. I said, what happened? So he told me, he said, he, he tucked me in and he, he gave me a kiss on the forehead. And I go, so what would you do? He goes, I sat there and watched him all night long. <laughs> okay, that's a joke. <laughs> and it really didn't happen. <laughs> But we had lots of fun. The Spirit of God was just, just moving, and it was, it was a, good, a good time. So we're continuing our series on the Holy Spirit, on the Holy Spirit, is he charismatic? Okay, they answered the question last week about him, Pentecost, was he Pentecostal? And we found out all about Pentecost, and, and you know, wonderful message. If you didn't hear any of the ones before this, go and rewatch them so you can catch yourself up um, today. So we're going to answer that question. Is the Holy Spirit charismatic? So let's just jump in. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Now one of my favorite presidents, um, uh, President Reagan, had a quote. And you might have heard it, and I think I used it before. But he says, you know, my Democrat friends, it's not that they are ignorant of such things, it's just that they know so much that is not so, right? And so President Reagan, you know, formed that up, and I don't know if he got inspiration, you know, from here, but ignorant doesn't mean stupid. 
Okay? Ignorant just means you might not know because you weren't taught or you just might not know the fullness and understanding of something. And that is what Paul is telling us here about now concerning spiritual gifts. Now, spiritual is the word pneumaticos or pneuma, which means spirit, breath, air, wind, right? Pneuma, rura, the breath, the word of God. And so Paul is, is writing here, God has told him, write this. So the breath of God, the word of God has come down through the Holy Spirit, spoke to Paul, and Paul writes this. And so God is saying to us, concerning spiritual gifts, he doesn't want us to be ignorant. And six times it says, now concerning. And that is because, just a little bit, you can go look this up. It's a cool little study. We're in 1 Corinthians here. But Paul did write a uh, letter before he wrote 1 Corinthians to the Corinthian church. But it's not in the canon of scripture. It's not in our Bible. And I just really feel like, you know, Paul, early on in his journey and, and was, was excited. I mean, immediately he went from, from killing Christians, persecuting Christians, and, and fighting everything against Jesus to getting knocked off his, his donkey and, and uh, you know, following Jesus and preaching and, and going into Bible school, being taught and coming out just, just on fire everywhere, right? And so the first letter he wrote, even though this is called 1 Corinthians, that's why it says now concerning, now concerning. You can go to chapter 5 and see he says now concerning um, what you've written to me before, that this is in 1 Corinthians. So we know he wrote another letter, but it didn't make it in. I think that was just God's way of saying, hey, you know, it was good, but not good enough, right? And so as he matured and grew in his ministry, he is writing here to the Corinthians. So verse 2, you know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. And I love it. You know, there's a, I used to believe a way before I got saved, right? My own God type thing. And... There's a lot of people out there worshiping false gods. And Paul, the Spirit of God, just calls them out right here. Right? They're, they're dumb idols. False gods. Verse 3. Therefore I make known to you that no one is speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities and activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same spirit. Are we starting to see a theme here? Right? That everything, and I hope you're paying attention, you can go back and, and look at the notes and follow, because I know if you're like me, you like to listen a whole lot, and then go back and look at the notes and, and fill it in. Okay, that the same spirit, the same God, the same power is delivering these gifts to us, to you. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing 
to each one individually as he wills. And so what we can take from that is we want to, you'll see so many people, I should say, you'll see, hear some people say, you know, I have this gift. I know what you're saying. I've said it. But what it really is, we don't have any of them. The Holy Spirit has all of them. And he dwells within us and empowers us at the moment that we need him to, to walk in those gifts, to speak in those gifts, to, to do what he tells us to do. And then that, that gifting comes out and it blesses everyone that it's intended for. Isn't it neat? And only one of these is uh, for me, for you, as far as what it's going to benefit you. The speaking in tongues where it says when you pray in tongues, you edify yourself. You, it builds you up. It, it, well, get into more of that. Pastor's going to come back and he's going he's to lay it down on, on tongues. So I just got to scratch the surface here, right? But that edifies you. It builds you up. All the other gifts is meant for somebody else, for God to do in you, through you, so you can encourage and, and help uh, everyone else. So yes, the Holy Spirit is charismatic. The word charismatic comes from the Greek word charisma, which means grace, gift. Oh, and I love grace. I mean, if you could, you know, in the last 20 years, I, every, every sermon was just grace, just grace field. Grace, no matter what topic we were talking about, right? We could be we talking about Noah's flood. Well, just so happens that the fifth time that Noah's name is mentioned, and five being a number of grace, it said, and Noah found grace, right? And then you translate the word Noah means grace. Grace found grace at the very beginning. <clears throat> what is grace? I, I, I've preached so many sermons on it. I, I've said it so many times that when we was up in Birmingham, Pete asked me, he asked a question, and I said, well, it's by the grace of God, and he goes, he goes, explain grace to me. And so immediately, like a Rolodex just started going, right, just, just through all these definitions I could have gave that I've used in the past and everything else, and before I knew it, I am speaking, and I didn't even, I wasn't prepared, right? And so I said this, the Spirit of God said this through me, it says, grace is the heart of God, that reveals the thoughts of God, that delivers the power of God into your life to overcome sin, confirm your salvation, reaffirm your election with love's manifestation. And I said that to him, and he's like, oh. And I'm like, I'm writing that down, sending a note to myself. And then I copied and pasted right here. I'm like, whoa, God, wow. And he's like, man, that's good. And of course, you know, like, Knew it all along. <laughs> now, new revelation from faith to faith, from glory to glory. God's word is so alive. It's going to teach you every day something new. You just got to seek it. You just got to let him. You just got to say, okay, Holy Spirit, have your way. Roar. Right? Ooh. I can just, huh? Write that song. I won't sing. If you have a gift, God gave it to you by grace. 
So if you've had one of these gifts we just read, you said, yeah, God's done that for me. And then you know what that makes you? Charismatic. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> right? Amen. Amen. Right? <laughs> First Corinthians 12. One reminds us, again, we read it, to not be ignorant of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He really, really wants you to know him, to know the Holy Spirit, and to seek those gifts, and to, and to say, you know, use them in me, and be ready. Just say, Lord, whenever you're ready, I, any of these, I'll do. And watch what happens. Holy Spirit has all nine of these gifts, and he manifests those in your life. In other words, to be made known. The word manifest, to be made known. So like I said, sometimes you'll use it. You'll pray for somebody, and something will happen. You'll go, oh, it's not you, right? You didn't go inside and fix it and everything else and come back out. You just was the, the avenue that the Holy Spirit used to benefit somebody else. Isn't that good? Right? All these gifts that you get to share. Ooh, share them. Don't, don't keep them bottled up. That'll drive you nuts. Right? Share them. Let's go to the discerning gifts. Luke 4. Now, these are all gifts that uh, even Jesus himself, when Jesus came down was born, of course, he left his, his deity, okay, um, and came down and we saw his humanity. Fully God, fully man, still at any time, as we heard him say, I can call down, you know, legions of angels and just whop you out. But I love you too much. I love you too much to do that. So, so he didn't. But we got to see Jesus empowered by the Holy Spirit. When he was baptized, the Holy Spirit came upon him. And Luke 4.14, it says, then Jesus returned to the power, in the power of the Spirit. So Jesus returned in the power of of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out through all the surrounding region. Matthew 12, 28, but if I cast out demons by the same Spirit, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Guided by, empowered by, and we come here to words of knowledge. A word of knowledge is a gift of the Spirit to know something specific without knowing it by natural means. That's every word I speak, I think. <laughs> right? I mean, if you, all you have to do is work at my report card in high school and you're like, he dumb. <laughs> okay, I give myself credit. You go back to junior high, he dumber. <laughs> right? I mean, just, just not a good student. But after I got saved, there's nothing I'd rather do than than to study and to learn and to read and to grow. It just, it's weird. I became a nerd. <laughs> How do we know Jesus functioned in this? As he was going, he, he went around and went to Samaria and he met the woman at the well. The woman at the well, he's, you know, make a long story short, uh, starts confessing everything and he says, well, you know, you have five husbands, and the one with you're with now is not your husband. What? How'd you know? <laughs> so she, she goes back to town and says, hey, I met this guy, and he knew everything. Only thing that he said is you have five husbands, and the one you're with now is not your husband. But she said, he knows everything about me. 
and told them all, and they, they, they come out. Another example is uh, the word of wisdom. It's, it's a divine answer or solution for a particular event. In John 9, 29 through 33, let's read that story. We know that God spoke to Moses as for this fellow. <laughs> we don't know where he is from. The man answered and said to them, why this is marvelous, why this is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he is from, yet he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. If this man were not of God, he could not he could do nothing. Now, see, we can just read that. Born blind from birth. Everyone around him in the city knew he was blind from birth. And then he has an encounter with Jesus, who was led there by the Holy Spirit, and who allowed the Holy Spirit to work through him and empower him to heal this man that was born blind. And so, I mean, wow. All of a sudden he's seeing, people around him are like, whoa. And instead of saying that is a miracle, who did it? Let's go meet him. Let's talk to him and say, do the same miracle in my life. If you can make him see, then you can help me in this area, right? They didn't. Who, who is this guy? Right? What power does he operate in? Is it, is it a Beelzebub? Is, it, is he, you know, master of demons? And this guy gives the answer. The blind man gives this answer and talks to them, and, you know, and tells them, hey, if this man was not of God, he could do nothing. And it says they answered him not. I mean, he just, he said it and then, Right? I mean, just drop mic moment that he was empowered by the Holy Spirit to give that answer, and he knew not the answer. That is the Holy Spirit working. That is James 1, 5. In action, it says, if anyone lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it, be, it will be given to him. All you have to do is ask for wisdom and watch it empower you to answer the questions in your life. Next gift, discerning of the spirits. Now, right here, as we read through that, and you go back and reread them, one of the gifts of the spirit is not the gift of discernment. The Holy Spirit can make you discern, help you. You might be a discerning person, but that is not one of the spiritual gifts, right? And <clears throat> right here it says, discerning the spirits. To be made aware of the presence of a demonic spirit. Discerning of spirits. So wouldn't it like you to, the Holy Spirit to speak to you and talk with you and help you discern if one of your family members, your husband, your marriage, your kids, your, that someone that you know is under spiritual attack? Right? You want to have that discernment. Right? You want the Holy Spirit to teach you and say, hey, pray for them because they are under attack. The Holy Spirit will tell you that and give you what you need to start praying for them to help them when they're under attack. So there is no gift of discernment in the Bible. 
right? But the Holy Spirit can give you what to say. So, uh, you remember the story about Paul? He was going around preaching and teaching, and this 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 girl that was following him around, saying that these men are servants of the Lord God Most High. What she was saying was true, but she was a witch. And so Paul turned around because he, she just kept following him. She kept yelling that, kept yelling that. So think about this. Paul is out to speaking the truth. She's there verifying that they're servants of the Lord God Most High. You would think that would be okay. But everybody around in that city knew that she was a fortune teller, that she practiced witchcraft. She was a witch. Okay? You know, anyway. <laughs> so we're going to talk about Athens history and witchcraft. But, okay. So he didn't want confirmation from evil, from an evil spirit. So he turned around, cast that evil spirit out, and boom, that's when there's confirmation, right? Imagine what the people around thought. Wow, she was a witch one day, delivered and changed the next day. Not only are they servants of the most high, but now that power works through them. Declarative gifts helps us to prophesy, speak in tongues, gives us an interpretation of tongues. That's where we use our tongues to declare God's word. Like I said, pastor's going to come and, and preach just solely on tongues. I think it's pastor, or is that you, Joey? Ha, 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 it's Joey. He gets to mess you all up, all right? So, <laughs> so I'm just going to uh, bait the hook here a little bit. And able to speak in tongues, interpretations of tongue, and use our tongue to declare God's word, promise, or prophecy. So when we prophesy, a message of encouragement from God through a person. Now, what this is such a good gift, and the Holy Spirit, you know, uses me and speaks through me to to do this. For somebody, I just love it because you you're talking with somebody and you you just say, you know what? I feel like the Lord is is saying this, you know, and that's a uh, interpretation. Okay, it's not a translation. It's not word for word. It's not, you know, exactly. But I think God is, is, is saying this, and it's always for encouragement. It's always to edify. It's always to, to lift up that other person. It always brings edification, exhortation, and comfort. It's never used to put someone down, to correct them. Let the Holy Spirit do that work. Let the Holy Spirit convict them, love on them, draw them to repentance. You just encourage them through the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, 31. For you can all prophesy one by one. Now, remember, 1 Corinthians here, this is Paul writing, through the pneuma, through the breath, through the power, through the Holy Spirit, giving him revelation. So God is telling you today, right, because this is sometimes an edgy subject, right? For you can all prophesy. One by one. All. That's you. That's me. That all may learn and all may be encouraged. Well, I want to go deeper there, but I'm going to say that for you. <laughs> so tongues, a message from God in a language unknown to a person through whom the message comes. 
then you have the interpretation of tongues. Understanding and expressing the thought or intent of the message in tongues. Now, if you ever heard anybody pray in tongues or speak in tongues, there, there's lots of, I've answered a lot of questions in this area and the different things where sometimes the person speaking in tongues will go on for five minutes. And then someone will get up to interpret it and it will last 30 seconds. And then someone will speak in tongues and say two words. And then the person interpreting that will speak for five minutes. Right? And you think, whoa. Remember, it's not a word-for-word translation like, like what we read today, our scripture. If we take the, the original text and translate it word-for-word word into English, it's, it's choppy. And sometimes it won't make a whole lot of sense because it, it doesn't flow like in the normal language. That's why you have different interpretations. The NASB, New American Standard, try reading it. It's really close to being one of the you know, most word-for-word translations. It reads choppy. It doesn't flow like the NIV or New, New King James Version, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so it won't be an interpretation. It's not word-for-word, but it's an explanation of what that person believes. The Holy Spirit is telling them that God is saying to them. First Corinthians 14.5, this is God's wish for you. He says, I wish you all spoke with tongues. I wish you all spoke with the breath of God through you. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesy. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks in tongues. And you, you want to keep this word right here, circle it. Unless... Indeed, he interprets that the church may receive edification. Number three, the dynamic gifts. I'm going fast through here. First, I didn't get to all of them in the first service, so I'm trying to go a little faster. The dynamic gifts, Acts 1, this comes from Acts 1.8, says you will receive power, dunamis, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will receive power. In other words, whatever you need in your life in that situation, God will provide for you to overcome it. Anybody want some dunamis in their life? And what will that do? That will increase your faith. What is faith? It's a supernatural impartation of belief that comes from the Holy Spirit. Faith doesn't come from you just thinking that's, you know, I believe this. When you come to faith in Jesus, that comes only from the Spirit giving you that knowledge. A supernatural impartation of belief and confidence for a specific situation. A supernatural impartation of belief and confidence for a specific situation. So your faith will be increased. And then what will you do? Gifts of healing. Supernatural endowments of divine health. Supernatural Endowments of divine health. I used the example this morning of, of Oral Roberts when he was 17 years old. If you heard of Oral Roberts Uni- University, ORU, he was 17 years old, got diagnosed with tuberculosis. When he was 17 years old, there was no help for tuberculosis. If you got that, it was considered a death sentence. And so he was just days away from, from death, what the doctors are saying. And he Lord, heard the Lord tell him, He said, tomorrow I'm going to heal you. And when you are healed, I want you to spend the rest of your life teaching about healing. Guess what happened? Next day he's healed. 
doctors are blown away. And now he started, you know, he opened and started Oral Roberts University. And their main focus is healing. And you might think, wow, well, that's Oral Roberts, though. And I want to connect these two with faith and gifts of healing. And we could go on down to the next one, the working of miracles. It's divine intervention that alters our natural circumstances. Divine intervention that, that alters our natural circumstances. So faith leads to healing and miracles. Some of you are here about a year ago almost. That I got a call, and the guy on the other end of the phone said, said, hey, my mom's in the hospital. I need you to go pray for her. I said, okay. He tells me what she had and all that. And then a few minutes later, 10, 15 minutes, he gives me a call. and said, well, now now don't even know if you can get in because they're going to incubate her, and they don't allow anybody in for a certain amount of time when they do that. And... And I said, okay, so I'm going to go up there, you know, anyway. It would take me a little bit. So, And he was going to call the nurse, make sure it's okay. So I, I go up there, and I go up to the the ward where uh, they was isolated. They had the glass doors. You had to put on this garb before you would go in there and visit. And I, it was, the only thing cool about it was after you put all this stuff on that they made you put on with the mask, the robe, the gloves, and all this, you know, I felt like a, like a star trooper, right? And... <laughs> And it's kind of cool because I sounded, you know, you know, yeah, I am your father. Right? Sound like Darth Vader, <laughs> but this huge old stuff. And they, I go into the room. The glass shuts behind me, and here is his mother laying face down, incubated. And the nurse, you know, I asked her. I said, "Can can can she hear me?" And she's like, "I I don't know if she can." We like to say say yes, but no one knows for sure. Like, okay, and so I wish. I could tell you that I walked in there, drew my sword, which is the word, right, of the Spirit, the word of God, and I was so full of faith that I was, you know, the faith mind, walking in there and just walked in and my presence just healed her and I walked out, right? <laughs> what it is, I walked in there given, you know, the, I mean, it was a spirit of fear and death that was surrounding me in that whole hospital. And here I am in this room, glass doors be, behind me. It's just, just me and her in a room, tubes, you know, everywhere coming, coming out. And, and um, I'm like, man, what did I do? This first person I prayed, prayed for you know, in the same room that can't hear me. And so, you know, this man of faith, right? So I start praying, and I start singing, and I start praying, and I start singing, and I start praying. I start singing, I start praying, right? Each, and it just, as I prayed, and as I sang, the, just that my faith, the Holy Spirit was increasing my faith, increasing what was going on inside of me, giving me that, that confidence and everything as I'm going. And finally, I'm, I'm singing, I'm praying, I'm too loud, I know I am. And I, and I, I grab her hand, and I, I just start praying for her. And, you know, and, and I'm asking her questions like she could hear me, right? And I said, you know, I just want to let you know that your son loves you and your family loves you. And they've, and they've, they've called me and, and I'm supposed to come and, and I want to tell you about Jesus. I want to tell you that Jesus loves you and has forgiven you of all your sins. And, and, you know, I walked through the Romans road of salvation. And I said, do you want to know about Jesus? And I've had this little squeeze. 
faith increasing. I said, do you believe that Jesus lived a perfect life, died a perfect death, and on the third day rose again, and now see that the right hand of God for the forgiveness of your sin. If you accept that, you'll be saved, and you'll be on your way to heaven. I felt a little, I'm like, oh, right? So three different times, three different questions, and it got, got stronger, you know, each time. And, and, and only me and her know this, right? <laughs> me, her, and the Holy Spirit. Right, I'm like, oh, and so, man, man, so then I'm rejoicing, right? I'm rejoicing, I'm praying, I'm, I'm singing and everything else, and I'm like, ooh, I just knew. You know, I didn't care about anything else, but I know that she was going to heaven, and that is all that really matters in our life. No matter what we face out here, it doesn't matter in the scheme of eternity. You won't remember the bad day that you had yesterday. You won't remember the bad job that you had to suffer at for a while. You won't remember the pain that you you had to go. You won't remember that because you're going to be caught up in the presence of God. Just, whew, and you over. <laughs> I can't. I just wanted to speak in tongues right there, but I'll let Joey do that, right? So I turn around to walk out. Doors open, and nurses standing there. They lifted up their goggles. They were wiping tears. They'd moved down their mask. <laughs> right? They're just. And I looked and I was like, oh, you heard that. And I said, can I pray for you? So I prayed for all these nurses, you know. And I didn't think about it after I left. Like, man, I broke every rule in the hospital just now. And so did they. But there is a scene change from fear and death to spirit and life that had come into that place, that grace had moved in and everything else and the power of God had moved in there. And man, I walked out of there just, oh, right. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm doing the, doing, doing the front moon walk, you know, and just, man, I was just so happy. I'm like, yeah, ooh, ooh. A couple of days later, the next tube comes out. She breathes on her own. The next day she's eating, walking, talking. And then she's walking right out of that hospital. That next Sunday, she's walking right into this church. That's walking in like this. The next Sunday, just like this. And the following Sunday, woo! And what was a skinny, frail, little bitty, close to death, hours away from death woman now sits right over here, happy in the Lord, her whole family saved with the strength of God and the miracle that the Holy Spirit brought in. Just because I didn't have the answers, but the Holy Spirit gave me the faith to pray His will, to deliver His power to come through. That will forever change a life, a family's life. And He is no respecter of person. He wants to do that for you today if you're sitting in here today and you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior then you've already experienced a supernatural gift and it's called the supernatural gift of salvation where you went from being separated from God on your way to hell to now <laughs> seated at the right hand of God with Jesus Sealed with the power of the Holy Spirit 
And now he gives to each one of you the power to live in victory in your life. To look this world straight in the eye. To look Satan straight in the eye. (laughs) And say, oh, it might seem dark. But this is not the day that darkness wins. This is the day that I'm going to walk in victory. This is the day I'm going to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to do the will of God, to glorify Him and at the benefit of others. This is the day. Everybody please stand. This is the day that the Lord wants to do this in your life. No longer will you go quietly into the night. No longer will you just sit there and let the world do what it wants you to do. You seek the Holy Spirit said, God, what would you have me to do? He joined Drive Leadership School. Get into a small group. Introduce people to Jesus so that they may find freedom in their life. So that they may discover their purpose. So that they can go out and make a difference. That's what he wants to do in your life. In your life. In your life, in your life, he wants you to experience that healing, the power of the Holy Spirit that only he can bring, the power of heaven dwelling within you to be able to word, to look at words on a page that come alive because it is alive and it comes in you and it consumes you, it changes your mind, it gives you power. That is available to us today. And as they play, some prayer team up here. If you want to receive salvation, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, if you want prayer, now is the time of invitation.